0: Welcome to New Generation Church with Pastor Eddie Merino. If you will open your Bible with me now, let's get in the Word. We're going to continue in the book of Jonah, chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3. And we'll just start off in verse 1. That's where I left off last week. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. Don't stay quiet on me, amen? (laughs) Praise God. You guys have it? Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. And it reads... Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. How many know that God is a God of second chances? Saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you, so Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God. Notice that it says, the people of Nineveh believed God and they proclaimed a fast. And put on sackcloth from the greatest, notice what it says, from the greatest to the least of them. As we continue here in Jonah, and as we go back, it starts off how Jonah was disobedient to the Lord. We see how Jonah wanted, it, wanted to do his own thing he thought of a better idea in himself when God had told him to arise and go to Nineveh, that great city. And he told them to go to that city and cry out against it. And there was a reason why. It's because the Bible says that their wickedness had come up before God. Their wickedness had come up before God. But see, Jonah did not do what God had asked him to do. The Bible says that Jonah arose and he fled to another place. The Bible says that he fleed to Tarshish from, it says, from the presence of God. And as you read, you saw everything he went through, Jonah, all because of his what? Disobedience. How many know that it's better to obey than disobey? Amen? I'm going to say it again. It's better to obey then disobey, But thank God that God was not finished with Jonah yet. Jonah, the man of God who loved God, did his thing. But God, even at that, God's grace and mercy, we see it in the life of Jonah. Aren't you thankful for that, that God is a God of second chances. And God, I believe that when you are still in the realm, in the presence, in God's ways, God is not through with you yet. In other words, what God started in your life, God will finish it. I mean, yes, Jonah did go through a lot In that ship, everything that happened, but we saw that when God, you know, when they threw Jonah into the water, how God sent a great fish to swallow Jonah. Now, everything he's going through, but in the midst of all of that, Jonah prays to the Lord. Amen. Jonah, in other words, Jonah, we can say he surrendered to the Lord it's like saying you know what God I this is too much I, I rather surrender and obey and Jonah he prayed now now think about this he's in the inside the great fish he prayed he worshiped and he praised God and he even began to what give thanks So when that happens, God called the great fish, spoke to him. And what happened? That great fish vomited him out into dry land. And we come to this point where the Bible says, see, I, I said all this because God was not through with them. God wanted to use Jonah. I'm sure God can use anybody. God could have used somebody else. But see, that's what I love about God, that God wasn't finished with Jonah. And what he began, God was going to finish it. So the Bible says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The Bible says, came to Jonah the second time. See, this is what I'm saying, church. That if God is calling you the second time, Run with it. Run with it. If God is speaking to you again, run with it. And that's what happened. He told them the second time, he says, saying, the Bible says, arise. Like saying, "Don't, don't get comfortable. You're not in the great fish anymore. You're in dry land. You know how that happens sometimes? You know, God, God, you know, there's different terms, but God gives you a breakthrough. Or God um, answered your prayer. Or you told God, God, if you take me out of this one, I will serve you all the days of my life. Have have you ever heard anyone like that? God, if you... Heal me if you do this, you know, I'm, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be in your house. I'll be Sunday morning. I'll be at church. You know how many people do that, right? So he tells them, Jonah, he told them, get up, Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city. Now, I want you to get this, church. Notice that in chapter 1, the reason he sent Jonah was because that city of Nineveh was wicked. It was wicked. Sin. That city was doing what they wanted to do, not serving God. But notice here in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Arise, go to Nineveh. Look what he says, that great city. How many know that there might be wickedness, but God sees something great? Ah, you didn't get that. There might be wickedness, but God sees beyond you and me, and he sees something great. Amen? God sees something great. How many know that, yes, there might be sin in this city of El Centro, the county of Imperial, but I know that God sees something greater in this city. See, sometimes we think, you know, oh God, you know... Bring down the fire and burn up the city. God didn't do that. Even though there was a wicked city, he tells Jonah, he says, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and he says, and preach to it the message that I tell you. I'm going to say this, church. You and I, that you know that? You and I, have the message. Amen. You and I have the message. And I believe that God can save anyone in this city of El Central, the Imperial County. Why? Because we got the message. We got the good news. How many know that people are tired of nothing but bad news? But praise God, us, the church, we have the good news. That good news is this one name. It's the name Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's the good news church. Well, you might be saying, well, I'm not a preacher. You don't got to be a preacher. I'm not a pastor. You don't got to be a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. You don't got to be an evangelist. But the Bible does say we can do the work of an evangelist. And that's one of the things, church, is that been stirring in my spirit is that we got to tell. We got to go. Tell, go, our neighbors, our city, our family, that Jesus died for them on the cross. Did you hear that, church? There is an emergency right now to tell everyone about the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the Gospels, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. he said, he, this is what he said. He said, go. Right here in chapter 3, Jonah, chapter 3, verse 2, he says, arise. And then he says, go to Nineveh. Jesus, in the Gospels, he says, go. This morning, I'm telling you, church, is anyone willing to go? And he said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that in the Bible, two-thirds of the Word of God is go. I'm going to say it again. Two-thirds of the word of God is go. Church, we can't stay comfortable and stay. We have to arise and we have to go. Did you hear me? We have to go and tell them that there is a living God that loves them and that God can change their hearts. God can transform their lives. Let me tell you, the greatest after Christ, when Christ comes into your life and he begins to change your life, the greatest thing you could do that brings satisfaction is when you share Jesus with the person, a human being. And you know how many opportunities we get every day? To tell someone about the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is the greatest fulfillment is when you tell someone that Christ loves them and that Jesus can change their lives. That Jesus can change their circumstances. I'm here to tell everyone listening and watching that Jesus is still almighty and powerful and he still is changing lives. I wrote this down last night. If we're not going, the Christian life is boring. If we're not going, if we're not sharing, the Christian life is boring. See, we can't, it just can't be about us. It just can't be about, Lord, help me, bless me. It's about the others. To tell them that there is still hope in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, he tells them, go to that great city and preach to it the message I tell you. So Jonah rose. I'm going to say it again. Jonah, what did he do? He arose and went. He went. Did you hear that church? He went to Nineveh church. Are you going? Or are you staying? I don't know about you, but I want to be one of those that is going. Amen? I love what the evangelist, I I just heard this, the great evangelist, Ron Humbarkey, he's with the Lord now. He said, God goes with the goers, but he doesn't sit with the sitters. You know what I'm saying? God always goes with the goers. In other words, church, whenever you go and tell someone about the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, God always will back you up. You are an anointed brother and sister in Christ. You have the gospel of Jesus But what good is it to have the good news if we're just sitting? See, we got to arise and we have to go. The Bible says, So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, notice it says, according to the word of the Lord. There is no doubt, church. I just read to you, Matthew, that in the word of the Lord, according to the gospel, according to the Bible, according to the word of God, Jesus is saying, go. And he tells them, now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. And it says, a three-day journey in extent. Some say that probably what it meant was that, that you could go in and you could walk around the city of great Nineveh. He went in to the city. He took a tour, maybe, watching everything. May God open our eyes, church, that we enter and we see the need. People who are without Christ. People who are lost. People who are blind. People who are dying without Jesus. People that have no hope. But guess what, church? God wants to use you. Did you hear that? Not just a pastor, God wants to use you. In the Imperial County, the population 2023 is 181,253. That's the county of Imperial. There's a lot of work to do. Just the city of El Centro, the population 2023 is 43,000. 994 population and i can assure many of them do not know jesus christ many of them have never been to church they've never been to the house of god some of them maybe they don't even know who god is maybe they don't even believe in god they don't believe in jesus Or or they say, you know what, I don't believe in religion. Well, we know that this is not a religion. This is about having a personal relationship with the Savior, Jesus Christ. And let me say something. God, God loves people. God loves sinners. Did you know that? God loves people. God loves sinners. That's why, you know, God, even though he called it, it was a wicked city, God saw hope in that city. And I want to say this morning, church, God sees hope in your children, in your marriage, in your family, your neighbor, your best friend. The one you grew up that doesn't know Jesus Christ, God loves them and God wants to do something in them. How do I know that? Because anything you're going to preach, you better back it up with the word of God. How do I know that God loves sinners? God loves people? Because the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the Bible teaches that there is people that are perishing. But see, God wants to use us so that they don't perish, but that they might have everlasting life. And then he goes on to say, for God did not send his son Jesus into the world to condemn the world. Did you get that? See, God doesn't condemn people. And it says, but that the world through him might be saved. God loves people, church. And God wants them to be saved. I believe that we should ask God that we would have his heart. Have that compassion for lost souls. To do everything we can in our power, in our strength to reach out to them may God help us we don't get too comfortable just thinking about us just make it a routine to say well I'm going to church that's good enough no there's more to it I don't want my wife I don't want my husband I don't want my children to get lost come on church And we're always saying, well, one day they'll come. One day, one day. The Bible says that the day of salvation is today, not someday. The day of salvation is today. Hallelujah. Praise God, church. Don't stay quiet on me. Don't let the clouds steal your joy. Amen. Hey, hey, everybody thought, whoa, somebody told me, well, are you going to preach long? Don't worry about it. I'll make it four hours if I have to because of the clouds, because of the weather. Yeah, because that weather, you know, it brings you down. I think a few of you thought that. Oh, he's gonna make it short today. Oh yeah. <laughs> make it early, go to Denny's, eat breakfast, watching the window, the winds, the rain. But <laughs> but the Bible says, Hear me, church. 2 Peter 3 8 9. And I want you to take this to your heart with you. He says, But beloved. Do not forget this one thing. See, church, we have a tendency to forget things. We only, church, listen, all of us here, time flies, like they say. That's why Paul says, redeem the times. And you know how quick days, weeks, months, years go by fast? And we never tell no one we don't witness to someone about Jesus or invite him to the house of God. And Peter, he said this, but beloved, he says, do not forget this one thing. He says, do not forget that with the Lord, with the Lord, One day is a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. Then he goes on to say, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness. But is long suffering towards us. Not willing, look what he says, Not willing that any should perish. Did you get that? God doesn't want nobody to perish. God doesn't want nobody to get lost. And you know, the Bible, I I know this is strong. It's a strong statement, but I'm going to say it. The Bible does teach that there is a heaven and there is a hell. If If there wasn't a hell, this wouldn't, one of the scriptures, it wouldn't say this. Not willing that any should what? Perish. If it wasn't true, he would say, he wouldn't even mention that. But he says that any should perish, but that all, everyone come to repentance. What does that mean? That means that he wants every person to repent of their sins. They ask forgiveness to God. For their sins. And repentance is a change of mind. It's a change of direction. See many. Who don't want nothing with Jesus. They reject Jesus. They're going on a different path. They're doing their own thing. But there is one path. Jesus said. I am the way. The truth. And the life. No one can go to the Father except by me. John 14 verse 6. So if you're here this morning, God loves you. And God wants you to recognize just to say, you know what? I'm a sinner. I've been far from God. And you repent, God forgives you. And he will begin to change your heart, your life. See, God is a good God. Why is he a good God? Because God is a God of opportunities. And the Bible says, are you still with me? And Jonah began to enter, verse 4, the city on the first day's walk. He went in. Then he cried out. Look what, he, look what the Bible says. He went in the city, first day's walk, and he began to cry out. And this is what he said. Yet 40 days, in other words, in 40 days, if you don't repent, Nineveh shall be overthrown. Imagine we preach the message, the good news. Christ died for you. But here's the thing though, church, that when Jonah began to do that, I mean, you got to remember, don't forget what the Bible says. God came to Jonah a second time. He might have said, I'm going to run with this one. And he obeyed. Let me, let me say this, church. God wants all your family to be saved. Even when Paul, when he was in prison, him and Silas, towards the end when they got out, the jailer, because I know, you know, theologians will say, well, that was just for the, for the jailer at that time. But I believe. Because when the jailer, he saw what happened, that God was in that place. And he opened up the doors. And he said this, what must I do? The jailer. Or the correction officer, so you can understand. He says, what must I do to be saved? Paul told them, repent. He says, and you will be saved. Not only you, and all your family. See, church, don't get comfortable and say, well, I'm saved. No. You want all your family, your household to be saved, and that together you serve Jesus, you praise Jesus, you give God the glory. And the Bible says that when, I want you to get this church. See, this is the biggest lie of the devil. Well, if I tell them, if I invite them, if I tell them again to come to church, if I tell them that Jesus loves them, they're going to shine me off. They're they going to reject me. Church, I, I believe with all my heart. See, it's, it's all the glory and honor to God. But, but if you're truly seeking God, God will use you. So when Jonah, he goes and he tells him, hey, in 40 days, Nineveh shall be overthrown. What did he do? He didn't didn't stay sitting down. Remember what I said? Not me, Ryan Humbarky said, God goes with the goers. The moment you and I go, the Holy Spirit begins to do the work. And in verse 5, look what it says. So the people of Nineveh, what, what does it say? Believed God. He planted the seed. He didn't stay quiet. Even in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, it says this. Listen. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have never heard? See, they got to hear it, church. They got to hear it. And how how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless, there it is, unless they are what? Sent. Sent. What did Jesus say? Go. Go. And then it says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, Who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See church, all we do is that we go, we share, we witness, we preach, and the Holy Spirit takes over. The Holy Spirit takes over, church. Even in the Bible, hear me out. Even in the Bible, you might be saying, well, what must I do? Well, one of the things we got to do is that we got to pray. Did you hear me, church? We have to continue to pray for our loved ones. A prayer of salvation. A prayer of repentance. Do what you got to do. Hear me what I'm going to say, church. When you pray, you ask. Hear me, I'm going to give you a nugget. You pray and you ask the Holy Spirit because God is creative, church. You ask the Holy Spirit, how, what can I do in my part and what can you do to touch my loved one? And guess what? The Holy Spirit is going to show you what to do. I, I remember when I was 17, 18, messing around, and I remember when I, I would get home, my mom would always on purpose leave the Christian radio on in my room. I would go to sleep, and in the middle of the night, I, I could see her, she would anoint me with oil. But I can assure you that maybe, I'm believing that the Holy Spirit showed her to do that. And somehow, God used different people so that God can get a hold of me. But the key is not to give up. Did you get that, church? The key is to be constant, praying for your loved one, your son. Don't don't do it every six months. Do it every day. Did you hear me? Every day. God doesn't lie. He said, Jesus said, whatever you ask in prayer, believing, it will be done. It's either I'm lying or God is. God is truth. Look what the Bible says. What can we do? Well, the Bible says in the book of Acts that there was a woman, her name was Lydia. And she heard the gospel. She was a seller of purple from the city of Tyra. In other words, she was a business lady who worshiped God. But then it says, the Lord opened her heart. To hear, heed the things spoken by Paul. Imagine every day you pray, you ask God, God, open my loved one's heart. You, someone at work, at a restaurant, or if he tunes in, he listens, open their heart, God. You open their heart. Why does God need to open their heart? Because the Bible also says, Second Corinthians 4.4, 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Did you know that? Satan blinds the minds people. He blinds the minds of people. For what? So that they will not believe the gospel, the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But see, God can remove that blockage. God can remove that blindness where God can open their hearts and God can open their eyes so that they can receive Jesus in their hearts. Just give me five minutes, I'm finished. But here's the thing, church. They say that 97% of Christians, that's a high number, 97% of Christians will never share the plan of salvation with another unbeliever ever in their lifetime. Did you know? And I got this information one of the conference of Ward Parsley. And I wrote them down. I want you to listen to this. 50% receive Christ before 10 years of age. 50% receive Christ before 10 years of age. In other words, we got to teach our children about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ as early as we can. Because if we don't, the school system or the world system is going to preach to them a different message. 75% receive Christ before 18 years of age. 11% receive Christ before ages 18 to 24. That's a low percentage, but that's the ages between 18 and 24. 8% receive Christ between the ages 25 and 34. 6% 6% receive Christ. Another low number at 35 years of age or older. I don't know if you're getting it. The younger you are, the faster and the better. I was 19 when I surrendered my life to the Lord. And a lot of preachers, many of them were young. They got saved at the age of 7, 8, 9, 10 years of age. That's why the Sunday school teachers, anyone who teaches children ministry, any age of accountability, you got to tell them Jesus is the way. There is no other way. And that God made them in their image. Not to teach them and tell them that they can be whoever they feel or whatever they think or what they see. No. That's a lie of the devil. And what's sad is that nobody says anything. Everybody's just quiet. Whoa, well, it is what it is. That's, that's who they are. That's not true. That's a lie of Satan. God created male and female in the image of God. And that is is not to say, church, God loves everyone. And God can still change, transform lives. This one hit me. It says, what you believe by age 13, You die believing. What you believe, that's what you're going to die believing by the age of 13. Church, our children need to know that Jesus is the way, that there is a heaven, there is a hell. They need to know that Jesus gives them life and life more abundantly. They need to know that when they die, they will die in Christ and have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Thirteen percent of churches, hear me, church. Only thirteen percent of churches list they list the ministry of children in their top three priorities. In other words, church, we're called. They say that in the church, your emphasis has to be strong in the children's ministry. We have to have a strong ministry, children's ministry. say that there is a 10 here. There's a 10 year opportunity. 10 year opportunity between four age 4 to 14 years old that a person, hear me church, that a person will be open to the gospel. A 10 year opportunity between the ages 4 to 14 where a person is open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 90 million of the 300 million people in America are 4 to 14 years of age. 80% of that 90 million, they will never, never go to church. But... We're not going to sit around, church. We're going to rise. We're going to rise. We're going to do whatever we can do to tell everyone about the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ. I want my children, especially my grandchildren, I want them to serve God in their generation. Did you hear that? But for that church, me, by the grace of God, as a man of God, as a father, a grandfather, I I have to seek God. I'm, you, you men who are here this morning, you are the head of the house. We have a great responsibility. And sometimes we get too prideful. You know, we think, or, you know, we're good. We're not, we're not compassionate about our loved ones. We need to do what we got to do to reach them and tell them, sit down with them, invest in them, and tell them how important it is to serve God. And that yes, you can right now. Yes, you can serve God. Yeah, because you got people saying, oh, right now, at the, in, in 2023, it's hard to serve God. With God, all things are possible. Amen. With God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many are rejoicing this morning? Amen, amen. How many can give God praise and glory and honor? Give the Lord a clap of free? Hallelujah! Glory to God! Thank you for joining us for today's message at New Generation Church. For more information, visit us at ecngchurch.com.